Hey, this is Luke with Questions from the Pew. Thanks for listening in. Um, this is actually the second part uh, of our conversation on Christianity and or evolution, uh, which is actually itself the third part of our conversation about the Bible and the modern world. Um, so if you want to listen to the first part of this question, feel free to go back one episode uh, and start from there. Uh, and then if you want to hear our entire conversation on the Bible and the modern world, uh, you'll have to go back two episodes and start from there. Uh, but just wanted to give you a heads up as you enter into this conversation. We're a forum for discussion on the issues that are ruminating in the minds of churchgoers, but that are often not raised from the pulpit. Too long has the church shied away from grappling with tough questions and nuanced issues. We're your hosts. I'm Riker Zalameta. I'm Lucas Manning. Welcome to Questions from the Pew, where faith and culture meet. the appearance of age theory so like god could have god didn't create adam oh, and Eve sure. as a baby but he created them as adults right yeah, um, yeah yeah and so he didn't create you know saplings he created trees um although i don't know if you would get that from you could get that from just the wording of you know the language yeah. but um all that to say yeah people also yeah. um and that one was that often theory. wrapped in with the young earth because i heard that mm-hmm. that was like like how basically how they would explain a lot of like the science is oh well that you know it was created with the look you know there's dinosaur bones in the ground or whatever mm-hmm. and i guess to me it's it's just an interesting i guess to me that's if you take that reading like that's the kind of gymnastics that you have to do because it's like if it almost it at worst it's like god's like tricking us into thinking that you know if you look deeper you're gonna you're gonna think the earth's really old you know and mm-hmm. it's like oh that's a weird trick yeah. I will say this about what you were saying about the like the how of things. Yeah. Um, yeah, cause it does answer, I mean, it does ask and, and offer an answer to how the universe was created. Right. But it's Agreed. different, but their answer is different from the answers that we're looking for in our questions of the how mm. again, because we're getting back to this whole idea of, the way we answer questions or even ask questions is with a naturalist bent. Um, mm-hmm. I think even for Christians who profess to f- believe in the spiritual realm as the Bible claims, you know, with something beyond the physical world that we see, we still default to answering mm. questions posed by ancient authors and posed by an ancient text with a modern naturalist understanding with right. that default and that yeah, we're actually fair. reading our scientific approach back onto genesis one right and so now we're thinking about mechanics yeah and again i'm not making a claim here as to what you know I'll, what reading is rest i know you're gonna I'll make, make a claim, claim. <laughs> yeah. but I but i'm my, just saying like let's let's let the text speak for itself yeah instead of making the text um speak into what we want answered. Yeah, agreed. 
I mean, I mean, that's what when I first uh, like when I was first learning about you know kind of another way to read Genesis one. I think that's the thing that compelled me the most. Is I guess I realized it was like oh. It's actually it's actually not a high view of the Bible to load all of my assumptions back mm. onto it. You know what I'm saying? Because mm. that was always like the thing is like you have to have a high view of Scripture, right? Which I would say my view of Scripture has literally never been higher than it is right now. <laughs> literally, I want uh, the text to speak for itself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so that's where I think it's actually a low view of Scripture to mm. try to to load our assumptions onto what you know the text is saying. So that's all I would say. I mean, I'm making a claim, <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, which is which is fine. Um, the thing for me yeah. is that, like, why is there a dichotomy between the claims of scripture and the discoveries of science or history? Mm. Right? If we believe that God, and I'm getting theological here, but if we believe that God has authored all of existence and has revealed himself um, through nature, uh, the events in our universe, um, through the text of the Bible, and ultimately in Jesus Christ, then those claims shouldn't conflict, Mm. right? And so if there is a seeming... Uh, conflict between the claims of again for our for the purpose of our, purpose of our conversation the claims of scripture and the claims of science and history then one or the other is wrong right um i get, sorry i'll i'll say i'll do this the perceived claims of scripture yeah, yeah, yeah. and the claims of science and history sure so one or the other is wrong the, the whole point of science the, as an academic pursuit uh, and the po- whole point of history is that we are continually discovering and rediscovering things and changing yeah. our worldview based on our observations, right? right? But I feel like there's such a struggle to reevaluate our interpretations of what Scripture mm. claims. And that, yeah. I think, is the source of so much of the conflict that leads yeah. to questions like, can I be a Christian and still believe in evolutionary science? Sure. Yeah, agreed. Well, that's what, yeah, I think just generally the church could do better as far as, like, I don't know, just admitting that we're in process of under even understanding the Bible, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, I think my understanding as a child was, like, sufficient, you know what I mean, for a child. But, you know, as I grow... Not in a demeaning I, way. Yeah, no, 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 I just, I mean, like, yeah. it was... Like that's honestly, it's like perfectly fine to start there. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. But I don't think that it should stay there. I guess is like a part of because well, I mean, this is just like psychology. But like a a child's mind can't, depending on how old the child is. But and I don't know the exact specifics. But like the uh, what is it? Like the ethereal or like the figurative? There you go. Like the figurative truths uh, or like you know, concepts like justice and mercy and these things, like Mm. they don't make sense. Yeah. Abstract. That's what I was looking for. Mm. Yeah. These abstract concepts, like there's a, a a child can't understand them. And so that's Mm. where it's like, 
like there there are like childlike understandings of the Bible, which are great. And I think Jesus would say that's great. But I think the whole point is like we shouldn't we shouldn't like stay there. And I'm not even I'm not saying that young earth creation is a childlike point of view. I'm just saying we should always be open to expanding our understanding of scripture mm-hmm. as we just learn more. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. kind of just the process of of being a human as you learn and you gain wisdom as you work through life. Uh, and then you reevaluate. If I was to talk to myself 10 years ago, it would just like I would I would not think any of the same things. Maybe some, mm-hmm. but there'd be so much that would be different. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think that's parallel too to our, I think both of our understanding of what scripture is, right? Yeah. That God did not just open the fire hydrant to abs, you know, to the yeah. um, totality of all human reality and the facts yeah. and the, the why and the how and the what of human reality and human existence. Mm-hmm. Well, no, the text was very contextualized or what we have now as a text. And even that came from, stories and generations of understandings of um, how God relates to humanity. Um, and so that was, um, again, not not in a demeaning way, um, but it's different and was a great starting point, uh, maybe, um, to bigger yeah. conversations. And so that's that's what the, the Bible was birthed out of. And th- again, that's not to say that it had I mean, we talked about it in the last episode. It's not to say that it doesn't have any value for us today or any truth for us today, mm-hmm. but we've got to read it with that understanding uh, in mind. Otherwise, you know, you said it already, but man, you've said a lot of things. Uh, <laughs> you said it, but uh, the we're going to be just importing our own readings into the Bible. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, I mean, a lot of this comes back to what the Bible is, which luckily we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but so long story short, if, uh, if you know, young earth creationism is a hang-up for you, you can't get by it, you know, feel free. You, you actually, the, the text does not require you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, it, not, it, it's like how connected are, how connected is your reading of Genesis 1 and 2 to the reality of that Christ is Lord. Yeah, right. You know, like, yeah. can are those two mutually exclusive? Yeah. yeah. Um, is it? Well, I would even is say it linking it's, it's, those two. Yeah, it's more just like your belief about you know cosmology. You know what I'm saying? Because I mean, I think Genesis one is very entangled in Jesus's mission and such, uh, or one and two and three. Um, Genesis 1, 2, and 3. But, like, the cosmology that you have about the world, I would say, is not connected to Jesus's mission or purpose, <laughs> you know? No, yeah. The sad thing is, um, yeah, I, when I'd say it's, you can hold the, the question that we're, or the answer to the question we're asking loosely is the way I've described it, with an open mm-hmm. palm. Agreed. We've said it as an intro to, I think, the previous episode, but, like, if God did it this way, great. We're not den- I'm not denying the possibility that he could have done it. Again, my faith, my the way I live my life is founded on the reality of a man rising from the dead after three days. Sounds and that's crazy. a historical claim <laughs> that is vital to my faith and the right. faith of Christians, and the Bible makes it clear. 
Agreed. But um, but I don't think it makes the this it places that same importance on this issue. Yeah. Um, Agreed. And again, kind of like what I was saying earlier, it's like we. Sh- yeah. The the whole conflict of you know again what I was saying earlier about you know our readings of the Bible and. Yeah. claims of science and, and history, totally. all those things. And um, one thing uh, I think that's connected to this whole thing is like, uh, I guess it's it's just like a distrust of like experts. I don't know if you have felt that, but that's like sometimes how I felt growing up, at least like in the, my, my church, mm. is that like experts, honestly, in whatever field. Um, even in thinking, religious studies or like biblical studies. Well, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. So like yeah. experts in those fields, it's like there's there's a uh, like some reticence to, or like it's it's like these experts are. I don't want to say working together, but it's like there's kind of this big. I don't know if conspiracy is the right word, but it's just like all these experts, like don't they don't have your best interests in mind? You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like that's yeah. like the that's the, like the impression that i got from my church whether they were trying to say that or not but that's that's what i got a lot of times i've heard our our severe distrust of like peer review the peer review process of Uh journals whether in the sciences history or even religious studies or like biblical studies right um as a kind of like what you're saying kind of like a conspiracy well they're wanting to shut out these facts because it conflicts with what the consensus is right there's no central governing authority as to what, it, like the whole point That's of, I think it's a, this comes from a misunderstanding of what the peer review process is. And this is getting yeah. really into the weeds. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I think I there's a misunderstanding of what that process looks like. It's yeah. not that there's a, you submit ideas to um, this governing body yeah. of, you know, the organization Shadowy of science. figures. <laughs> right. Yeah. And they say a yes or no. To yeah. publishing that idea, it's that random people—not I guess random people, but members of the the field—examine yes. your ideas and your claims and say, yeah. and they basically tear it apart in yeah. a lot of yeah. Places. And they might not even agree. A lot of times they don't even agree with what you're saying, right? But it's just like, exactly. is this a sound argument to yeah. like add to the field? <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So that's a, that's an aside. Um, yes. <laughs> All that to say, I, I think, thing, sorry, no, sorry. I mean, this might be, a, this is a way different conversation topic. And I think we've, we've talked a little bit about it, maybe even last season about like, uh, kind of like this idea of Christian persecution of where it's like mm. whole world's against us, including all the experts. Uh, so I think maybe go listen to that episode where we talk about it. Um, but it's just one thing to mention when you're talking about kind of this mm-hmm. distrust of science in faith communities i think mm-hmm. that's part that feeds into it at least yeah P- pulling it back to the um maybe as as we close um i think the sad thing is that asking this question this question is being asked of um of a lot of asked by sorry a lot of people especially um students who are in the middle of of university in the middle of college um and it's sad because it's it's become a question of where we draw the distinction between those who are Christians and those who aren't. Mm. Um, and I think that's a, that's a line created by, I don't know, very, very broadly, you know, a line created by Christians and not by 
scripture. Right. Well, I would say like a line created by tradition. It's literally just like Christian tradition. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying that it is Christian tradition, but it's a tradition from mm-hmm. Christians. <laughs> that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's unnecessary um, in the way that I understand the Bible. Now, there will be some people who say that it, they are integrally linked. The way we view, you know, read Genesis 1 and 2 and our view of our stance on evolutionary science plays into, you know, our... <laughs> big, uh, in, uh, big words, anthropology, the way we view yeah, sure. humanity. Or well, I, that's the thing is, I think it does teach us about the nature of humanity and all that stuff. But I think I that's the that's the question the Bible is really getting at, though. Yeah, exactly. Right, that's those questions, not yeah. the material side of things. Yeah, that, exactly. That are almost, um, I mean, I'd say for real, secondary to the Very primary secondary. question that the Genesis one, two, and three are getting yeah. at. Agreed. Yeah, that's what I, I know. That's how I'd summarize it. <laughs> this is For the Pulpit, the part of the podcast where I offer a few things that pastors and ministry leaders should keep in mind about our topic. Now, today I'm going to be focusing specifically on the question of, um, that might be asked that, you know, can I be a Christian and still believe in evolution or evolutionary science? Uh, So that's going to be focusing around that question. First thing I'd say to the pastor or ministry leader, whoever you are or whichever one you are, is to, one, don't go into panic mode when someone approaches you with this question. Asking this question doesn't mean that the person who's talking to you or asking this question is on the verge of losing his or her faith, if that's what you're uh, concerned with. It could be that they're only trying to understand two ways in which God has revealed himself. One through observable nature, what theologians call natural revelation, and the other through scripture, what has been called special revelation. So don't go into a panic mode when someone asks you this question. And the number two is initiate a conversation, not an ultimatum when they ask you that question. For someone who's not considering leaving Christianity based on the answer to this question, it could lead them to a a stunted approach to the Bible and theology. But for someone who is considering leaving Christianity, your response or the way you respond to that question may actually be what drives them away, right? So you have to ask yourself, what is your priority then as a pastor or a ministry leader? Is is it to help people avoid hell or help them understand God better, right? Because avoiding hell doesn't necessarily mean a person understands God deeply, but understanding God deeply will save someone from the consequences of not knowing God. I think that an ultimatum arises from a quote-unquote hell avoidance approach. But a conversation paves the way to possibly a deeper understanding of who God is and how he relates to his creation. Number three, higher education is not the enemy. As plausible as it is that some universities may be centers of quote-unquote secular indoctrination, 
Christian colleges and universities can fall prey to the same problem in that they function uh, merely as echo chambers of particular theologies, only teaching students how to combat opposing ideas without teaching them to first understand those ideas. Ideas, thought processes, and, and beliefs are refined by being around and engaging with different and sometimes even conflicting ideas, thought processes, and beliefs. Right, the, the cycle of, um, of engagement, separation, and then retreat is not helpful. Historically speaking, the neo-evangelical movement of the mid to late 1900s, which included the likes of evangelists Billy Graham, theologians Carl F.H. Henry and, Henry, uh, and Harold Ockengay, uh, sought to present Christianity and the Christian worldview as things that could meaningfully engage with secularism. But not even a century later, many Christians are adopting a fortress mindset, or even a, maybe a separatist mindset, that believes that we can best protect our children by sending them to only Christian schools or keeping them out of higher education entirely. And this approach isn't helpful because if we want to see changes in the culture that reflect the kingdom of God, we need to have Christians in the universities, both Christian and secular. Now take that with a grain of salt, because again, we'll, we'll really depend on the kind of secular university or the kind of Christian university or college you decide to send your kids to or you decide to go to, uh, right? One, there will be extremes in either end. But, um, but yeah, higher education is not the enemy. And those are just some thoughts for the pulpit. That's great. I think that was well said. Cool. cool. Uh, any, I guess... any other closing thoughts as we head into the lobby? Oh yeah, yeah, the old lobby. No, I think uh, yeah, I think I'm good. Let's do it. Yeah. So I guess uh, here we are. How would you? Uh... Hey, do you have a summary? I've got my, How would you I've got my coffee in the lobby. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, you can cut that out. You can just no, no. Go I mean, your part. that's what churches do these days. We make coffee. I don't know why that became the thing. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Because I think the the pun Hebrews is just too easy. It's too good. Too good to yeah. pass up. Too good to pass up. You don't so brew Gatorade. <laughs> um, yeah. Maybe. All right. Can I be a Christian and still believe in evolutionary science? Um, I would I'd say, say yeah. we're answering that question with yes. Yeah, is yeah. the answer to that question. Because one, I'm saying that belief in... The, the way you answer this question um, is not integrally linked to what the gospel is. It's, a, it's an important issue, certainly, because again, um, your nuancing of what evolutionary science is and how we, that applies to daily life has a has a an effect on again anthropology like the way you view others the way you view okay, the world yeah. all those things so that's that's a vital question mm. uh those are vital nuanced questions to ask but the question Agreed. of can you be a christian and still believe i'd say yes yeah, because absolutely. the bible presents the material creation 
and beginning of the universe as a um, as a secondary almost I don't want to say non-existent but secondary issue in Genesis one two and three um, the theological import of those three chapters is the focus there agreed yeah I mean honestly well said I don't have too much to add to that um, you're so elegant right Kurt. <laughs> but uh yeah well one thing i would say too is like i think there is a deficiency in like the modern conception of human origins like Mm. in the sense of uh if we you know if you know the big bang was just big bang chance or whatever honestly i don't think there's a good theory on what happened that you know to actually spark the whole thing um but you know the big bang happens you know maybe lightning strikes a puddle on earth or whatever (laughs) with the right chemicals in it life happens uh which is also an interesting like theory about no one knows really how life started at least um um yeah so let's just say that the lightning bolt strikes the pond um you know life emerges uh, and then we get all the way down the line of evolution to us i just i think like the anthropology which is just a fancy word for like you know the study of man or like the nature of man and if if that is really is like what we are, uh, and what all of this is, I guess like I just, I there's no ground there to build any type of ethic off of. So people do. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that people who hold this view are unethical people. They're not. They're perfectly ethical, most of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, I guess this is just a me thing. For me, I can't reconcile that understanding of reality with any ethic that has a grounding there's you know there's no any objective i guess you could say i guess you could say we're humans and we're all the same so let's try to let's try to make humans flourish as much as we can because we're the same or something like that Mm -hmm. um so you you could craft something from that i'm not saying that you can't but to me it's just it's insufficient um Mm -hmm. yeah i i just don't i don't think it's as full I mean, one, the, the Bible takes, it's just all life. Obviously, human life is, is a whole thing. But, yeah, I guess to me, the grounding of the ethic is insufficient. So that's, I mean, we didn't talk about this at all. Uh, but I think a purely, like, realist, naturalist, materialist view of the universe. For me, and once again, this isn't for all people. I'm sure there are people who are fine with it. Uh, but for me, it's just insufficient with making sense of the world. Um right. And that's not the reason I'm a Christian. There's a lot of other reasons. Uh, but it's just one more reason why I think the Bible's retelling of of human origins and creation is compelling, is mm-hmm. all I'd say. Well said. I agree. Great. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, here we go. Great. I think that's a good place to end. Yeah. Agreed. That was a, that was a tough... Uh, it's a tough conversation. It's a tough question to ask. Hopefully, it's Agreed. helpful, you know... We say this all the time, right? But we're questions from the pew, not answers from the pew. Our, <laughs> yeah. our summary episodes are question and response episodes, not question and answer uh, <laughs> yeah. episodes. Because it's a big question. Yeah. Um, Agreed. So hopefully this is an invitation to you to kind of join in the conversation. Maybe think about these yeah. things um, in a different way. Yeah. And hopefully, you know, we've provided maybe some framework or some like new things to think about some nuance to interacting with the question. That's what we're here for. Yeah. 
Yeah, and if you'd like to support us financially, you can do so at Patreon. Uh, it's just www.patreon.com slash questions from the few. Uh, and if you can't support us financially, please give us a good rating or review on iTunes or whatever platform you're listening on, and that will help others find our podcast. Also, please comment and ask questions. Leave us a short voice message or text message at 312-725-2995. This has been Questions from the Pew, a podcast in the World Outspoken Network. To learn more about World Outspoken and its mission to prepare the Mestizo Church for Cultural Change, visit www.worldoutspoken.com. For Questions from the Pew, I'm Reichert Zalameta. I'm Lucas Manning. We'll see you next time. Bye.